Hello and welcome to the Economy Bytes podcast. The podcast features the latest market and economic updates from the economics and sustainability team at PwC Middle East, as featured in our monthly Transforming Our Region webinar. In this episode, we hear from Jing Tio, a director in the economics and sustainability team at PwC Middle East. My reflections on the global outlook, drawing on some of the recent uh, reports that have been published by the IMF. And so it looks like after a more optimistic start to the year, it's clear that we've had a pretty tepid first half, largely due to the setbacks that we've seen, ranging from the brief wobble in financial markets due to challenges in the banking sector, to persistent inflation, of course, and to the unprecedented rate hikes that have been necessary to keep inflation under control. And we're also now in a situation where the momentum from the post-COVID recovery is fading globally because of the following factors. So one, it looks like the rebound in the services sector has topped out. And the sector actually led the recovery globally, especially the tourism sector. But momentum is now slowing based on some of the more recent PMI uh, services data. Two, growth in the manufacturing sector globally also remains weak. And we see this across key indicators like industrial production, investment, as well as in trade. And there are a combination of factors driving this year. Clearly, the sector has been hit by supply chain disruptions, the increase in commodity prices, as well as the cost of raw materials. And the sector in general is also more sensitive to interest rate rises than services. And so tighter credit conditions have also impacted investment. And third, the recovery in consumption, particularly in advanced economies, was also driven by these savings that were built up during the pandemic. And this buffer is now being eroded due to the increase in the cost of living as well as the cost of credit. And so what does this mean for next year? A key driver is where interest rates go. So much of the slowdown that we are seeing in 2023 is really policy induced. And most economies have absorbed this aggressive policy tightening. And as a consequence, inflation is slowing down. So from the highs that we saw last November from about 4 to 11%, that's now come down to about 3 to 7% in August this year. And where rates will go will depend on inflation. So core inflation, uh, which excludes food and energy inflation, remains elevated in many territories. And the Fed, for the time being, looks set to hold interest rates steady when it meets at the end of this month. But further rate increases have not been taken off the table. Um, And in general, central banks will be proceeding very cautiously on interest rates because of the potential shocks to food and energy prices, especially given the elevated geopolitical risks that we're seeing now. The other factor is China. There were high hopes that China's reopening would be a bigger boost to global growth. But after the green shoots that we saw earlier in the year and in the second quarter, now that we see you know, growth in the third quarter is slowing, and it's also still possible that China can miss its growth target of 5% this year. And that's largely driven by weaknesses in its property sector, which is undermining consumer confidence as well as putting pressure on public finances. And so in general, the outlook diverges quite significantly, not only between advanced and emerging markets, but also even within these groups. So for example, uh, within the advanced economies, the slowdown is quite pronounced, coming down from 2.6% 
last year to one and a half percent this year and then one and you know 1.4 percent next year and the exception here is the us where growth momentum has been stronger than expected whereas if you look at the emerging markets growth is expected to decline maybe a little bit more modestly and this outlook really reflects difficulties in China as well as the pressure on investment due to challenges in the property sector. But we do see that you know there are some bright spots, uh, particularly in India, Brazil, and Mexico, driven by stronger than expected growth in 2023. And so, where does this leave the region, particularly the GCC? So. Overall growth this year has been impacted by oil production cuts. There were two rounds of cuts this year, and on top of that, we have the voluntary cuts that were put in place by Saudi Arabia. Uh, that has caused a deceleration in growth in the oil sector, and this is really what's driving the outlook for growth in 2023. So we're looking at one and a half percent compared to uh, you know almost eight percent last year. Now that said, the slowdown in the oil sector has been offset. Somewhat by a more robust performance in the manufacturing and non-oil sectors. So we see this in Oman, in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. And non-oil PMIs have actually held up pretty well for、uh, much of this year. It's remained in expansionary territory, and as a result, the non-oil sector is on course to expand by more than four percent this year. Turning to inflation, so that's actually returned now to pre-pandemic historical averages of around two to three percent, and that's you know largely driven by the pegged exchange rate policies adopted by most countries in the region, and so they've mirrored the rate rises that have been. Implemented by the Federal Reserve, this has kept imported inflation at bay, but no doubt it has had some impact on consumption and investment as well, due to the impact on financing costs. And then looking ahead to 2024, we expect growth to strengthen as these factors、uh, that have been weighing on growth so far dissipate. So, you know, the the non-oil sector clearly that will be a main driver of growth for the rest of this year and beyond. Inflationary pressures again; these are expected to ease, although again this is not guaranteed because you know, because of the elevated geopolitical risks, which could put pressure on commodity prices. And most GCC governments are also planning to embark on fiscal consolidation to mitigate the effects of lower oil revenue, and so some expenditure will be reoriented towards social safety nets as well as the continued focus on public investments. The one exception here is Saudi Arabia, so where there is clearly continued commitment to investing in the economy to activate new sectors in line with Vision 2030,、um, and so we see the latest budget announcement really underscoring that commitment to investment. And government spending is also expected to increase very significantly, up to 1.37 trillion rials in 2026. So on the whole, the picture still looks pretty resilient. Going into next year, the pressures on oil production could alleviate. The non-oil sector,、uh, we expect to continue driving growth. Inflation, you know, is expected to moderate. So all of these factors make for a, you know, hopefully relatively benign outlook、uh, for the region compared to the rest of the year. I'll just also briefly touch on Saudi Arabia's fiscal position now, off the back of the pre-budget statement that was released a couple of weeks ago. So on the expenditure side, this is now expected to be higher by 13% on average between 2023 and, and 2025, while revenue. 
revenue is only expected to be 3% higher. What is quite striking is the evolution in fiscal priorities that we've seen since 2016. And while the goal in previous years was to achieve fiscal balance by 2023, the pre-budget statement you know, clearly reasserts expenditure priorities to fund these massive giga projects and diversification investments. So as a result, the government is now expecting deficits in the medium term coming in at around 1% to 2% of GDP between now and 2026. And so far, the move away from the initial fiscal balance objectives has not caused too much concern to investors. You know, actually, their credit ratings have rebounded over the last year to the strongest that it has uh, been since uh, 2016. And the revenue projections are also quite conservative and could you know, yet surprise on the upside, depending on the path of oil prices and oil production levels. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Tune in again next month for a new episode of Economy Bites.